So many of us wish we can make the world a better place, but don't know where to begin. The vision of the Love Offering is to encourage and embolden a generation to do something to manifest the better world we want to see. First, by filling ourselves up with the love of Jesus Christ, and then pouring it out to the world around us. When we hear stories of how others have loved well, where they are, with the gifts that they've been given, it inspires and motivates us to do the same. Together, we can change the world one love offering at a time in thanksgiving to God, who is the most extraordinary giver of all. Rachel C. Swanson is a best-selling author, speaker, podcaster, and accredited life coach. She's passionate about refining away the barriers that are holding others back and restoring their hearts and minds back to God's truth. Her newest book, Refine and Restore, Revive Your Heart and Release Your Purpose, releases October 2019. Married for 12 years to her husband, Jeff, they recently relocated their tribe of wannabe triplets to the rural hills of southern Idaho. Without further ado, here's Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being my guest today on the Love Offering Podcast. I appreciate your time. Of course. Anytime. You used to be a dental hygienist, but God flipped your world upside down a few years ago, and now you write, speak, and coach women to believe in the person that God has created them to be. How did this change transpire for you? Right. Yeah. Many people look at my life and say, that is just so different. You know, like, how can you do something like that? That's so different from what you were doing before. Mm -hmm. And truth be told, I mean, it's a long story, but to make it short, um, really, it was a process of me starting to come to a place of questioning God with, with the characteristics and, and the different qualities that he's created me to be. And and just kind of asking him, God, do you have, do you have something else? Like, do you have something more for me? And actually at that time for when I have to kind of preface that my career as a dental hygienist, I, I really did love, I, I loved it. There was so much good with it. And I did that for seven years. And then, you know, it started to be where about that time, maybe the last year or so of it, I just started to feel like there, it's one of those things when there's something that's good for a season, but then it's maybe not as good for the next season. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I hit myself or or kind of what I came up across is that what was really good, I I finally felt like it wasn't my deepest passion anymore. It wasn't where God was inviting me into. And so as at the time I was really um, digging into my relationship with God and exploring just who I even was as a person, you know, I don't think, I think that sometimes we don't do that enough. I mean, it, it wasn't until I was like, early thirties, you know, it was like basically 29 or 30. And I kind of sat back and I thought, who am I really, you know, who am I really, who's the person that God's created me to be? And is this person doing the things that ultimately I have been created to do? And, and so that really came to um, a moment where I um, just through kind of little steps of faith, I just started thinking, you know, there's something about this writing thing. I've always loved writing. It's always been something that um, I've enjoyed. I've never thought about doing it for a living, to be honest. But uh, I just so I, I just started exploring it and having fun with it and getting back into the creative part of me that I felt like was kind of getting lost and mm-hmm. in motherhood and marriage and you know work and just kind of the humdrum of life. And so I started to explore that. And as I started to, I just felt my heart start to come alive. And as I continued to pray about it, I just felt God confirming many things in my life from you know, those things that you look around, you're like, okay, that, that wasn't just a coincidence. I really believe God was doing something in that, or, or, you know, you get a text at the right time or somebody says something and you'd already been pondering it. And so it was just like these little confirmations that helped me start to have a little more confidence to start to explore this possible new season of life, which would be, um, to invest into my writing and, and being a coach and, and starting to, to speak to women. So, I just started exploring it really. It was, it was more of just kind of an innocent exploration and um, it started to really become my greater passion. And what's something that in this next season, I realized that, you know, God had really purposed me to do these new things and, 
And so that's, that's kind of how it started. And now it's just, you know, looking back, it's just kind of crazy to see how far God's taken me in just a few years to really being able to impact women in these ways that um, just bring my heart alive. And I think even deeper ways than, than being a dental hygienist, not to say I love, I love my job as a dental hygienist, but, and now I look back and I see how much he's, he really prepared me for this role, even through that, because as a dental hygienist, um, you know, a lot of it is oral healthcare coaching, right. And, and mm-hmm. being able to use my words on a constant basis, cause your hands are always in people's mouths. I'm using my gift of like communicating with people and helping them understand things. And I'd use a lot of stories and, you know, I actually really was, um, I excelled in that career. I mean, the dentist was always, um, just admiring my ability to communicate with patients really well with, with their oral health and make things make sense. And in a way that was grace filled, it's not condemning, you know, all those types of things <laughs> right. to people. And so I started to notice those things as well and thought, oh, wow, like, it's not that I'm really a new person. I, I utilized that in a really cool way and God kind of prepped my heart, but, but then he was starting to pull me into a new season of, Hey, this was really good for a season, but I'm going to show you what I'm going to do with this now in this next season, in this next area of life. And if you're wanting to come along with me, you're invited for a ride. Hmm. You know, I think that that is encouraging because some, so many times I think we get stuck in thinking that this is how life should be because we have been doing it for so long, but it's okay to shift gears. Um, and so I, and, and that's very evident in, in your own life. And one of, um, one of your most impactful stories is about how God is still good when life doesn't work out like you thought that it would. So Mm -hmm. would you share this, but if not story with us? Oh, well, I have a lot of, but if not stories, I think we (laughs) all have a lot of, but if not stories. And, you know, um, for, for, for a while, it was, um, I feel like that with my, with my life, I, I really hadn't had a lot of things that had gone wrong, to be honest. I mean, yeah, certain things, but it wasn't like I had some major traumatic experiences in life. And so I hadn't really had a lot of, but if not experiences until later on. And, you know, in my thirties, I think it was just when I started to have some of those moments and really questioned whether or not God was good, you know, and Mm -hmm. whether or not God was loving and he was kind when certain things just didn't go my way. And, um, there was this time when we were walking out our faith and we thought we were called to foster adopt a child and and pursue the foster adoption system and got to this point where really we thought God was going to give us this little girl and, and he didn't. And it just left us really broken and questioning our faith of why God would you have us walk this whole journey out only to not have it go the way that we really thought it was going to go. And, and so it, it left us questioning really the Holy spirit and whether or not he, he is good and he guides us. And so, um, but yet now I look back and I see, sure, it, it was painful and it was hard and it was, it really made us question our faith, but that's a good thing. You know, we, we don't wrestle enough. I don't think with our faith sometimes, I think that there's opportunities that we don't see sometimes as opportunities. We see it as, um, (laughs) detrimental experiences by God. And, and yeah, yes, I don't think that he wants and, and wants to cause harm, but I think he can bring purpose and good through the but if not experiences that we have with him and show us that he is really still good and that he really is loving and he still cares. And that just because things don't go the way that we thought that they were supposed to go, it doesn't mean that he's not in it. It doesn't mean that he's still not working. And so, um, yeah, it just kind of left us questioning. But at the time, uh, now looking back, I can just completely see how God's been working and is still working. And sure, there's still things that we may not ever really know and understand even until, you know, we get to heaven. And yet, um, I've just continued to go back and and realize that I need to just trust and realize that he is God and he's good at being God. And, and he knows more than I ever will know. And he understands the complexities of the things that are going on in the world. And so I just have to trust that I have to trust that what may have been a good plan in my mind may not be what he has in mind. And not that it was a bad plan, but it's just, he has something that he either wanted me to learn through that or, or deepen my faith with, or, um, you know, sometimes we don't see those things as like, you know, this, but if not burn kind of get to the bottom of the barrel type of experiences that God may be 
worried more about your character than your comfort, you know, and more about your character than like the outcome of the story. And so God, I, I really believe in God of just his ultimate purpose is to help us become more like him. And sometimes it's going to be like a parent where you allow your kids to fail. Sometimes you allow your kids to experience some things sometimes that are hard and, and you don't want them to experience those things, but if they don't experience those things, they won't have a more authentic and deeper understanding of, of truth. Right. So that's, um, in a nutshell, just the whole, but if not, um, kind of experience, but you know, I, I really believe we all have them. Uh, and it really comes to a point of, you know, what we really believe in God. And I think it, if we start to lean into that more of just, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to trust you in this. I'm going to believe that you are still good. It, it really, um, it really will grow your faith in amazing ways. Well, that transitions us, I think, beautifully into our next question. So you recently moved from the bustling suburbs of Los Angeles, California, and decided to embark on traveling around the country in an RV. So, however, God changed your plans two weeks before you left, and you found yourselves becoming unexpected partners in a 60-acre ranch in the rural hills of southern Idaho that you are now helping turn into a Christian event, retreat, and wedding center. So this, this is interesting, like definitely like not what you originally thought your life was going to be. And now he has you doing this. So building your faith. So would you share this part of your story with us? Yes. Um, so obviously we're, we're not in the RV anymore. So that kind of um, burned, uh, changed, you know, again, a whole but of not story, right? Of, okay, God, if this isn't it, then what is it? But yeah, you know, what? Um, there's a lot of things that happened with why we took this big move and change. But it's a combination of a couple of things. Um, one, just on a more of a relational, personal level with my husband, um, he was really burnt out with his job. He had a very successful career of 12 years. And it was one of those jobs where it felt like um, he finally got to this point where he felt kind of stuck, you know, because he, he was just doing so well and he excelled so well. He really got to this place where he um, just wasn't thriving anymore because he'd already just succeeded so much. And he thought, is this it, you know? And, but then it was this other thing of like, how do you move or change careers or do anything from something that you're just so good at and so successful at, you know, it's like going back to rock bottom again and trying to start all over. And it was just this difficulty of, of working through that. Um, it got to the point though, where I was just like, we, we just had many talks and, and it had just been very evident over the last couple of years that, um, things needed to shift. we we're needing to make a shift. And it really did even feel like as we continued to press into our relationship with God, he was preparing our hearts for a move. So even a year before we made this decision, we had that feeling, we had that um, kind of confirmation in our hearts of it's coming, you know, prepare for this move, but not yet, you know, cause there were many moments we were just like, let's just go, let's just move. Let's just do something like, you know, cause it was just the, the pressure of just, um, certain things in her life just were getting to the point where I was like, you know, is there something more? And so, um, yeah, so it was a combination of that as well as, like I said, we really pressed into, uh, especially the last five years, we've been really pressing into what the Holy Spirit looks like and what it looks like to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, mm -hmm. the Bible talks about that all the time. I and mean, we, we take all these stories for granted where, you know, I mean, God spoke to Moses and it was so clear and God spoke to Esther and, you know, the, and it's, and these days it's still kind of like, wait, how did God speak? And how do you know when he's speaking? And so we really wrestled through that. And as we continue to press into understanding him more and taking those little steps of faith, when we felt like the spirit was leading us to something, it, it confirmed it, you know, it gave us that confidence to continue to move forward because we could continue to see how God was really paving a way or, or opening up things in our path that we, again, weren't really anticipating. Plus the other thing, it's amazing, is <laughs> the Holy Spirit can really convict your heart or really bring a new passion and purpose to your heart than you ever thought. I mean, um, at the moment when we were trying to decide, because what happened was we had, um, we knew these friends, not close friends, but they were kind of friends, acquaintances of ours. And we heard that they also were uh, looking to move and they had actually were looking into purchasing a 60 acre ranch in Idaho of all places and turn it into a Christian events, wedding and retreat center. So it wasn't really our idea at first. It was just this, this other couple that happened to be doing this. And it was at the same time that we were, um, we had, my husband had finally decided, okay, I'm going to quit at my job. And we didn't know where we were going to go, but we felt like we needed to move. And so 
we put our house up for sale and we thought, okay, let's just get an RV and we'll figure it out. You know, it sounds kind of crazy, but that's just what, like, again, we just kept going next step and next step of where we felt like maybe God was leaning, letting us lean into or leading us to. And as we did that, we uh, kind of bumped into this other couple and um, it got to this point where they needed funding. And um, it was like a day before it was not going to go through if they didn't have it. And we prayed and, you know, we kept praying like, God, send somebody, God, you know, give them the funds. And sure enough, we just kept feeling, and it wasn't until like we really prayed and it was like, I think he's asking us, you know, <laughs> so, it's like, okay, Lord, yeah. no. but, but it was crazy because in that moment of prayer, really, really getting on our knees, literally, and, and getting, getting real and being like, God, like, cause I was at the point where I didn't want to, I really wasn't interested. I was fearful. And within a minute of that prayer, God completely changed my heart and changed my mind and changed and shifted this, this thing I wasn't even interested in until and all of a sudden I just, I was like, I was passionate about it. I was, I just felt like this, yes, like I couldn't not lean into this. And I felt like, yeah, God, this is what you've been preparing us for. So we left into it and we felt like this is a great fit. And, um, you know, as we were even looking into places to live, it was, it was just kind of also looked like a good fit. Idaho just fit our needs in many ways. And so we, we left, we did it, we left and um, we had no idea what was going to happen and a lot of crazy things happened along the way until we're, you know, now we're settled here and we're working a little bit towards getting that um, retreat center up and running. However, they are the more uh, predominant people. We've really entrusted their leadership in that. We feel like that's where they need to be. And although we do support it, um, it's, it's very clear that God's doing some other things behind the scenes, which we can't really talk about yet, but there are many things that God has called us to here. It's not just about the ranch. And that's the coolest part is as you continue to walk things out, you know, he'll reveal more and more of things you again, never would have seen coming, never would have anticipated. And, and yet, you know, you just have to have the courage and, and trust that, okay, God's got this again, even if we experience a, but if not moment, God loves us and God will be with us and God will make things work out. So yeah, it's been, it's been a little crazy. It's been a big shift. You know, my husband isn't, um, he doesn't have a job and he has other things he's working towards that is, um, is, is really great. And I, I can see God working in it. So I'm working full time now, you know, I'm, I'm making, making the ends meet with my job. And again, that's another just beauty is that, I mean, back in the day, if I was doing dental hygiene, if I hadn't started pursuing this, I, I wouldn't, we wouldn't have a, a we wouldn't be in a place where, because since all my, now I, I can really take my job anywhere I go. As a dental hygienist, I was really limited to really California too. I mean, that's another thing is being, um, moving out of state. Like I don't have licensing in the state. I'd have to go back and, and do some more work to, to get licensing. But now that we have the flexibility with my job and we make just enough to be able to cover our needs here, it's, it's really been, again, just God's continued provision and blessing of, Hey, I've, I've got your back. I'm going to watch out for you and you just keep trusting in me and I'll take care of things. And he has, and it's been a really cool experience and we're still walking it out. So <laughs> Well, so you, you have lots of these, these God stories are so encouraging, but I think the key to it is, is that you've been obedient and you've had the yes. courage to, to, to go along for the ride. But so you're also a busy mama of three children yes. and you have designed and written a, the big and little coloring devotional, yes. which was birthed by your own struggle to keep it together um, as a busy mama of three children. And at the time under the two years old. Right. So yes. I would love to hear this story uh, as well. Yeah. They were all under three when that was, um, yeah. So that was, that was also a crazy story and a crazy season, but that was really, again, that was just being obedient to what I felt like God was asking me to do and, or just birthing kind of this thing in my mind. And actually, so as I was starting to explore, um, writing and, and just kind of leaning into that, I actually had a whole different different book. I was like, I think I'm going to publish this book first, you know, and sure enough, God just totally put that one, I don't know, in the furnace <laughs> said, Nope, you're not going to, you're not going to write that one. But I have this other one that I want you to pursue with me. And, and again, it was through confirmation of um, just timeliness of scripture and just timeliness of certain things that I was just trying to be obedient to. And, and then really just seeing like, I was looking for a book for such as this one, and I couldn't find it. You know, I, I went online and I thought, you know, there's got to be a way to connect with your kids, right? Because, uh, gosh, as as moms, as as Christian moms, we all want to 
bring our kids up in the Lord and help them love God. And, and yet we're just so exhausted ourselves and we also need spiritual nourishment. And so I thought, how is there a way to do that together? Also where it's not overwhelming and stressful, right? Because being a parent and having kids can be very overwhelming and stressful at least. Yes. But, um, so I, I started noticing it was back when the coloring thing was a lot more popular and I just kind of sloughed it off. I thought it was eh, whatever. I didn't think it really worked. And yet as I continued to explore it, I already, um, I already had issues with anxiety. It's something I've struggled with my whole life. And so I started to really explore some of these things and coloring was one of them. And as much as I dismissed it before, when I started to practice it a little bit, I realized, wow, it really does relax. There's something here, you know? So as I was coloring with my daughter one day, um, and trying to read my Bible on my phone, you know, trying to color and read because I thought, okay, I gotta have some spiritual nourishment here, but I like the coloring thing. And my daughter's like, mommy, mommy, pay attention to me. And I thought, again, there's gotta be something that can combine all these elements. So I had that idea and I thought, oh, oh, I know like a coloring book for kids and adults. And so I looked online and nothing, you know, there was nothing. I mean, there's a few really minor, like nothing like with devotionals, nothing that was poured into with scripture. And so, and that's really when in the back of my head, I, I just kind of almost felt like God told me like, this is, this is the book. Like, this is the one I need, I want you to, to pursue. So I, on a whim, I was just like, okay, let's try this. And um, I kid you not, he did not let me, God did not let me sleep for the next two weeks. as I just poured myself into this book proposal and worked through that. And, and then I started pitching it. And within five days, I got an agent already wanting the whole entire proposal. And I had nothing. I literally just had a <laughs> little outline. And I was like, um, let me get back to you. I didn't even have an illustrator because I, I can't draw. I mean, I can't draw that well. <laughs> I can do little six figures pretty cool. But um, so I, I was really just in this place of trust. And it really got to this point again, where I was on my knees a week later, like, God, I feel like you put this book on my heart for a reason. So help me here. Like, I don't know what I'm doing and I need your help to help me find a, the person that I'm supposed to have the, the illustrator to do this book. And so sure enough, it was that night I was led to a girl on Instagram who um, she was doing hand lettering at the time. But as I was scrolling through her feed, I just noticed that she had a lot of potential, you know, just some of her doodlings and things. And she was a young mom and she was a Christian and I just thought, you know what, this is going to be like a Hail Mary. We'll see what happens, but let's just do it. So I sent her an email and then the next day we get on the phone and I just start going a million miles a minute, just telling her my crazy story of, a, of an idea of a dream. Right. And she's like, you're not going to believe this, but you know, cause she was quiet at first and I thought, man, this girl thinks I'm loony, you know? <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah. and so she's, she's like, you're not going to believe this, but I too had been thinking the last couple of weeks um, about this idea of a coloring book for adults and children. And yet um, I started to write out the proposal part and I got so overwhelmed by it that I just put it on the side and I thought, okay, God, if you want this to happen, let this happen. And here we are three days later wow. and you're talking wow. to me. And here it was, I had all the proposal elements and she had all the designing experience and the same heart. And we just thought, okay, this couldn't have been designed more um, just more specifically. So we jumped in and it, the coolest part is we've really become just good friends throughout the whole process. Like we just get along so well. Um, we're just such a team effort. We both have a really, uh, high driven nature, which is a really good thing though, because we had, um, once we got the contract, which was also just an amazing thing, but, uh, we only had like a couple months to do it and it was like, that was it. So we had to really push it. And of course, at the time we were fighting sickness and just how many things were against us. And yet, God just gave us strength and continued to move it forward. And so, and yeah, we just, um, we didn't know what was going to happen. We thought, okay, like, we're just so excited to just have this book done and just have it go be out there to have people impacted. And I just thought maybe a couple hundred people will buy it. And then it just blew up and thousands and thousands of people just bought it within the first month. And I thought, oh my gosh, only God, like only God could do this. Mm -hmm. And so that's been the coolest part is just continuing to say, thank you, Lord. And God, like all glory goes back to you because you're really the one that drove this. And now the coolest part is we have a sequel coming and I, oh, yay. Yeah, I can't tell all the details of that yet, but I'm so excited. So we're actually um, working on that right now. It should be available by the end of this year for um, just before Christmas. And so we're super excited and pumped for that. And it's going to be even, even more expanded on uncertain things, which I'm really excited about. So well, and I love more than anything. I mean, I'm congratulations, first of all, but I Thank love you. that you say 
only God, that you're giving him all the glory. And I think because you're doing that, he is going to bless you even more because he's getting all the glory. So something else that you have been a contributing author to is called A Moment to Breathe, a 365-day devotional book. So what kind of content can readers expect to find in this devotional? Yeah, that was, you know, again, that was, um, I didn't seek that out. That was an invitation again by the um, Encourage community. It was, uh, the fun part about that is when I first started writing more seriously. And I, what I did is I started submitting to a few, a few different websites, um, some articles and encourage was the first one that picked up one of my articles on friendship. And, um, it did so well, I guess that years later, they reached out to me as they were going to compile this book. And this book is a devotional book for women. And they wanted to repurpose that and publish it in it and have two more devotionals written by me that were original. And so I just thought that was such a, um, again, God winking at me saying, Hey, you know, see, you know, those little steps that you did before of just putting yourself out there and working to make that next obedient step with me. Now, you know, this original article, the very first one I ever had published on another website is going to be now purposed, uh, repurposed in this book. And so um, that's just been super cool. And the coolest part is really just being amongst other really writer friends. So many people that I admire are in that book and their words are laced through that as well. So, um, so yeah, that was just, again, a really sweet and fun little project that I got to be a part of. And the book is just very beautiful and lovely. It's one of those beautiful, you can just leave it on the coffee table or um, wherever and pick it up every day and just read a little devotional that again, speaks to women, specifically those that, you know, I feel like are in motherhood and dealing with wrestling with friendships and relationships and all those different things. So that was a really fun little project. Yeah. I love the encourage community. I get there um, like online. I follow them um, pretty regularly. So yeah. your motto is to revive, refine, restore, and release. What yeah. do these four R's mean to you? Yeah. Well, it's really the, the process of growth, um, spiritual growth in, in the ways that I've been able to grow. It's, it really came back to a place where I felt really stagnant in my faith and didn't, um, just didn't feel God as intimately and as energetically in my life. And, uh, and this, this, this kind of growth process happened through these words really. And it's not something that God gave me. It was just something that I started to look back and see like, you know what, this is kind of what happened. And what, what transpired prior was really this first part is you need to revive your heart when you're feeling stagnant. And so, you know, walking through some of these reviving kind of principles or exercises that I went through, and then uh, that leads you into a refining, which is refining is really just kind of um, awakening your heart to the subtle areas of your of your days or of your life that you haven't given to God and kind of confession. I mean, nobody loves the word confession, but that's something that I think we really lost as a, as a believers. And so I'm um, just coming to this place of allowing God to refine us, allowing God to strip away the lies or the things that are holding us back from really becoming who we truly are. And then the restore part is really restoring God's true identity because so much of the time, I think we think we know who God is or, you know, we, we actually suck, suck down into the lies of, again, God's not good. You know, like I, I don't feel God good in my life. I don't think he's loving to me. And, and yet the Bible continues to speak into this and say, no, God is really good. And God is trustworthy. And God is all these things and this identity of who he is and getting to this point of like, am I going to believe what the Bible really says who God is, or am I going to believe in just my emotions and my experiences of, you know, what I really sometimes don't understand. And so getting back to a place of, again, restoring the identity of who God is so that you understand who you really are. And that becomes really freeing. And so when you do that, you can release your purpose, your dreams into the world. And this is um, releasing is really just being obedient. Like what we've been talking about is just being obedient to um, the things that God asks you to step into with him. And so just releasing your gifts, you know, your talents, your, the things that you have to offer and, and that wasn't really made aware to me, I don't think, until I started going through that whole like revive, refine, and restore process. And so once you go through those first things, it becomes easier to then want to and be open to and, and see how God might want to release you into the world through 
all aspects of your life, all roles, you know, from being a mom and just releasing you into being a more loving and kind mom to releasing you into a place where you're intentionally engaging with your husband more to releasing you into maybe cultivating some of your talents and your gifts um, in the church or outside of the church or in your work. And so, so that is the whole kind of process that, um, and I talk about that in a lot more detail in my upcoming book that's releasing in October, but yeah. Oh, yay. Oh, okay. We've got yeah. lots to look forward to. Yeah. So, <laughs> so as you just mentioned, you have a deep passion, deep rooted passion to help women refine what's holding them back yeah. and to restore their hearts back to God's truth. So what does this look like on a practical level? Like how, how do we, how do we do this? Well, yeah. So refine and restore, that's kind of my, been my motto. And again, that's the title of the book that's coming out in October. So, um, that one, it's, it's about, again, allowing yourself to, I think the process is really first and foremost, you have to be more self-aware and start to do more self-reflection. And how we do that is by getting still with God more, by, um, by allowing yourself to be immersed in his word more, by praying with God on more of a consistent basis. And not because you have to, but because they want to, you know, you want to connect with him. You want to talk to him. You want to feel that connection and not in a way of duty, but out of just pure love and, and wanting to connect. And so um, as you continue to do that, it refines away some of those parts of your character that maybe you didn't notice were there because you weren't really self-reflecting or weren't really self-aware before. So maybe it's, um, you know, like, let me talk about one thing that's really common for pretty much every one of us is body image struggles and how much that swarms our minds and how much we dwell on that on a constant basis. And there's, there's a thing of, of like, I wish I could just say, I don't struggle with that. And I don't think about those things and that God would just take away those thoughts. And that's not always the case. I, I rarely meet a woman who has absolutely no struggles with this. And yet what God's word says is what we can do is instead of allowing those things, allowing us to ruminate on those things. And while he may not be able to prevent those thoughts from coming, he can help us redirect them. And so the word says that we can help redirect our thoughts by casting our thoughts and cares onto him. And by guarding our hearts and minds in Christ. And so whenever those thoughts come is to not just let them fester, not just let them run off, you know, with who your identity is, but come back to God, come back to this place of like, God, I'm sorry. You know, I lost my focus on you again. I, I realize, you know, I'm, I'm dwelling on this so much and I, I I'm, don't love my body right now. And I'm sorry, you know, really coming to a place of, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry for thinking these thoughts. And, and then when you do that, it, it brings that restoral, you know, it brings that restoral. And I think it's so funny because we're so afraid to confess these things and say, sorry, or, or admit them. And yet through that, that's how we find healing, you know, through the admission of those things or through the process of confessing, that's how we become restored. And that's how we submit to and, and focus back on God and like his truth and who he really is so that we can be restored back to the truth, like, which is, you know, he, he loves us. He, he created us and he thinks we're lovely and we are beautiful. And, you know, he, he didn't just create us to be ugly. Like we're each beautiful in his image. We're an image of God. And that is just amazing. And so when you start to really dwell on that, it changes your perspective. It changes your thoughts. It changes your character in that moment of, oh yeah, I am beautiful. And not in a self-conceited way, but in a really like, yeah, I am beautiful. God created me. And I'm going to, I'm telling you this, I'm preaching to myself here. Okay. This is not something I've mastered. <laughs> this yeah. is not something I'm like, oh, I got it all figured out. Like, I just want you to know that, like, I'm not the superhuman Christian and think, oh, I know how, what to do. And I, I do this every time. No, I still fail at this a lot. I'm, I'm still working this out and walking this out, but it's that constant reminder that I, this is what I need to do. God has given us the tools. He's given us the things of how we are supposed to refine ourselves and restore ourselves back to him so that we can live more confidently, live more freely, live with a place of just deep contentment in him. Yeah. You know, we probably, I mean, I, I, I'm, this is all resonating with me because I struggle with the same thing. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just a daily challenge to hold our, our thoughts captive, no matter what our issue mm -hmm. is. Um, and so I think that that is really relevant. Um, so you actually host something called the Refine and Restore podcast as well. What can listeners expect to hear when they tune in each time? Yeah, you know, the, again, that's a, that's a podcast that's really burst out of all the things I've been talking about for the past several years. And 
it's just that refine and restore process. So um, refining away the lies that women are believing or um, just those subtle areas of their heart that they're not giving over to God and restoring themselves back to the truth. And so, um, you know, I bring on a few guests, you know, here and there, every fourth episode is actually a guest. I know I have it kind of have it a funky format, but it's the way that I like it and the way that works for me. So um, where I, you know, speak on topics um, three times and then the, every fourth episode, it's like a guest and the episodes are really short. They're, you know, 15 minutes or less. Sometimes they're 20 or 30 for guests, but um, I keep it short and to the point and it kind of brings out some of my life coaching um, skills and experiences as well, since I'm a certified life coach. And so, yeah, it's just my way of working through some of these issues or these subtle inconsistencies in our life that maybe we haven't really recognized or we haven't really realized and, um, or even some that we do, but we haven't just really talked about or processed through and restore it back to what's the truth. You know, what, what kind of truth can we find either through a story in the Bible or through biblical passages of truth that we can hold on to, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the podcast. One of your recent podcasts that I enjoyed was about wrestling. And you say, quote, so much of the time we shove away the thoughts and we don't want to engage or wrestle with them. But friend, yeah. it's okay to wrestle. In fact, this may be exactly what you need to do in order to discover who you are and the truth about God, end quote. So what makes you come to this conclusion? Well, many things. As you walk through the Bible, you see many people who have not just, I mean, not physically, like Jacob's probably the only one that wrestled with God. <laughs> yeah. on the process, but, yeah. um, if you guys know that story, but, um, and that's kind of the story I used in the element, but there's many people who wrestled with God in the sense of, I mean, even Moses, you know, when God said, Hey, I want you to lead these people out of Egypt and, you know, you're going to speak. And Moses was like, but, but, but I, I, I can't speak. You know, I, I don't, I don't have that a bit. Like he pushed back and was like, I can't do this. And so many other people, even Esther, you know, it was just like, I can't be a queen. I can't take care. I can't hold, you know, save all these people. And it's all these places of not really feeling like they're, you're equipped. And yet they walked through it. They, they wrestled with those emotions. They wrestled with their questions. They wrestled with some of the things they were feeling, you know, um, Solomon, King Solomon, you know, one of the wisest people in the, the Bible, really probably in the world. And he talks in Ecclesiastes and he went through tons of things that uh, in Ecclesiastes, that's like a major book of like wrestling. If you want to go into that book, there's, there's so much content of things that he was wrestling with and wrestling through and really to find truth and seek truth. And I, again, that just goes back to the place of not being complacent. I think, you know, like being okay with leaning into some of these things that are hard, that are messy, that may not give you an answer even, you know, like maybe you won't even get an answer right away or ever, like until, you know, you go to heaven, it, it just may be that. But yet when we lack the wrestling, when we lack leaning into the wrestling moments of either our faith or even just dealing with <clears throat> relationships or, you know, wrestling with the fact of like, I'd rather just tune out to the TV or I let their kids tune out to the TV than like actually parent them. It's, that's not, that's not what we're called to do. I mean, I get it. You're going to have those moments and, you know, maybe you have to do it, but as a constant basis, like we need to lean in to those places where we would rather check out and it's because we think it's going to be easier, but it's not, you know, as we wrestle into these things, it does become easier as we find truth or seek truth or seek better ways or, or um, easier ways to connect or in increase our character in the sense of, of just refining it to where it becomes more of the person that we want it to be as well as what God wants it to be. Yeah, that's good advice. And on another one of your podcasts, you tell listeners to pivot rather than to quit. So what do we do when we feel like giving up? Hmm. Well, when we feel like giving up, we want to quit. So <laughs> <laughs> no. um, yeah, that's uh, so many instances in my life. I've wanted to quit. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Even so I've been, I've been sick and you, I don't know if you guys can tell, but I've, I've had a, I have a sinus infection right now and I have bronchitis and so I'm kind of under the weather here. And yet, um, in this whole past week, my husband was out of town for eight days in Egypt. And so being solo with my three kids, gosh, any single parents, I just give you guys all the praise. Goodness. You're going to get 20,000 crowns in heaven someday, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, seriously. And so, um, and trying to balance like work and then being sick and then my kids being, it was just like at the end of this week, I was like, I'm done. God, I'm just going to quit everything. I'm going to quit. Like, I don't need to do, you know, I just, I was being very irrational just because I was just exhausted. Right. And yet <clears throat> God's continued to lean, make me aware of like, no, 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 no. 
this isn't a time to quit. You know, maybe we need to do some pivots and maybe you just need to look and see there are other options that you can do to pivot right now. And so even just in this past week, I mean, it doesn't maybe look like much, but I took a, like a few pivots. I, I sent a few emails to say, Hey, I need an extension on things or, you know, I, I've done some things to lessen the load or really pivoted in a way of like, even my own mind, you know, like I, you know, the house has, is a disaster, but I was like, you know what? Yeah. It's, it's okay. Expected. It's expected. Like, that's okay. I don't have to just quit. I don't have to overwhelm myself with trying to get all like, I'm just going to pivot my thinking and think that's okay. Nobody's going to die. If it's a little messy, nobody's going to, you know, be more upset about it. Like my kids don't even notice that it's messy and it's dirty and whatever. And so just having, having that like mental shift of a pivot, but um, it happens in a lot of ways, even the practical ways of things I've pivoted in my own um, career now, right? I mean, I pivoted into this and I've done many pivots when it comes to my coaching services and things that I'm offering. I'm constantly making little pivots to either um, make it better or, you know, um, redirect it into being a better success. Let's just say that. Um, there are some failures I've experienced in a sense, but I feel like even all the failures aren't really truly failures. They're just ways that God's showing me where to pivot, <laughs> to be honest. So yeah, that's, that's a that's good outlook. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have honestly shared before about your struggle with anxiety. So for women that might be feeling anxious, what practical tips would you give them um, to stop feeling overwhelmed by life and to reduce their stress? Right. Yeah. Uh, this has always been a big hot topic because I think as we continue to uh, be in a world that is so much more focused on productivity and increasing more to our schedules and have so many ways to distract us, we have so much less time to really um, pause and take a breath and realize that um, we need to rest. You know, we don't, we don't take time to rest enough. We, we feel guilty, I think, yeah. for yeah. taking those moments to rest, like to, to go and read a book for an hour instead of working like crazy to, again, pick up the house again. I'm, I don't know, just things like that where we, we feel like there's so many other urgent pressing needs. And yeah, I get it. Sometimes there are those, but even just taking like five or 10 minutes to just pause and just maybe listen to worship music or go take a walk or do that one thing that you really love, but you feel like you just never have time for, but like taking time for yourself to rest. And cause that, it goes back to this even thought of like, you know, um, with, with even, let's just say like your, your coffee pot, right? I mean, well, this is, how about this? A, a computer, right? Like when your computer has been on for a while, what does it do? It usually has a screensaver, right? Or it goes into sleep mode because yeah. it knows that it's been on too long and it needs a time to rest, right? <laughs> we it's all true. need a like, screensaver. You know, it's so true. Like it knows it's like, okay, it's been on for a while and I need to rest. Like, let's just, you know, I don't need to be processing so much right now. Cause obviously nobody's using me right now. I'm going to rest. And yet, um, and these, all these things, like even the coffee pot, like, you know, it knows, um, it, there's an off button, an automatic off button, you know, it doesn't go and go and go and go. And yet I think we've, as a culture, just, we just go and go and go and go and go. And we don't know how to put our screensaver on. Like we don't know how to shut ourselves down when we need to shut down and, and, um, and becomes even harder when we keep pushing through it because even again at night, like I've been there where I'm exhausted and yet then my mind just won't shut down you know, and I just can't even sleep. And it's this process, I think, of not um, seeking out those quiet moments of not seeking out times to rest in your soul. Um, it even just goes back to chemical stuff in, in our bodies. I mean, um, as we, if we're, when, when we're stressed, we go through this fight or flight response. I know I'm getting all scientific here, but I promise this is really simple, but it's just this, um, you know, if, if you're, if you're being in the situation where you're going to be attacked, right? you want that fight or flight response to kick on because you either want to fight back or fly out of there and get the heck out of there. Right. So, um, and, and then it, what happens after that though, is usually that kicks off and it goes back into a normal kind of resting state. But in our culture these days, we are constantly on, like we're constantly in that state of stress where this fight or flight response is on. And, and it's only damaging when it becomes on all the time. You know, and that's, that's the chronic stress levels that I think we have and we struggle with as a culture is that we don't know how to 
get back into that restful state. And so even just taking practical things, practical examples of like, you know, um, right. Like taking a walk, right. Or, or listening to music or doing some of those things that are restful, not, not scrolling on your phone, by the way, that is not restful. (laughs) (laughs) Studies have shown that that doesn't actually, that produces more of a state of stress actually and depression. So things that you think are calming may not also be that calming. So take assessment of your heart and mind during those times and think, is this really calming me right now? Is this um, helping me? And if it's not, then cut it out and do something else. Uh, you know, there's other things that you can do is just, um, you know, on a, on a more spiritual level, right. It's just, you know, praying through scripture during those times of just stress or, or really coming to God in prayer. And I can't tell you how many times God's really given me that peace that really does transcend all our understanding. When I, when I come to him in prayer and just really give it to him, like, let it go. Um, and then the other thing is really just at night. So say, for example, you're trying to sleep and you're trying to hold on to all these different thoughts, um, have a journal next to you and just write it all out. Like write out every little thing that you feel like you're having to hold on to that's either the next day or next week or whatever it is. And the nice thing is, is you can dump it all out. And then what it is, is, is you have it there. You have it there. Now it's not in your head. You have it there on the paper or whatever you were wrestling with. You can just put it there, let it, let it sit. And then that'll help you to just calm down. But um, yeah. yeah. And then again, the, the whole coloring devotional, that's <laughs> that was another way to distress. I mean, it sounds simple, but mm. even just coloring and working through scripture, it's, it's amazing how much that's um, really calmed my heart and mind. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that we have all wrestled with this concept of being enough. So how did you find contentment with your own season of life? And how would you suggest that we find the same? Yeah. Um, I'm still working through that. (laughs) Me too. Um, You know, I mean, I think we, gosh, again, it comes back to just that constant refine and restore process of, of realizing it's never just fully done, you know, and I've never, I've never fully made it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think there's steps that we can all make to making progress and not to give up making progress. And so, um, but yeah, the enough, uh, idea is it really was more on this idea of like feeling like, um, it, it has a lot more to do in that, in that episode or in the, the times I've talked about it of having enough in like the monetary sense. And we, again, as a culture, we, uh, it's very clear and evident so much of the time that our focus is not, um, is not maybe where it should be, right? And, and we focus way more on comforts, you know, material comforts than we do on cultivating our character with God. And this was something I had to really face square on and, and in my heart and get really real with my own heart and say, is this something that I wrestle with, you know, or is, is this something that I'm struggling with? And I had to say, yes, you know, like many times I've struggled with this feeling of like, I don't have enough. And it got to that place again, where I was just like, I, I couldn't do this. Any- I was like, I'm done. I don't want to be in this place anymore. And so I took some practical steps, you know, I literally deleted every single, um, home decor app on my uh, Instagram <laughs> and uh, really started guarding my mind. And, to, and I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm just saying this is, it came to the point of, I had to get real with myself of like, what is triggering me to yeah. making me feel like this isn't, um, that I'm not enough or that it's not enough or just this place of not being content with what I have. And I had to delete some of those triggers out of my life and then replace it back with, uh, kind of affirm affirmations, you know, of my thoughts of affirming what is true. And, and really it comes back to, again, um, just being thankful, you know, gratefulness, gratefulness yeah. and, and dwelling on what you're grateful for, for dwelling on what you really have is amazing to help overcome those feelings of feeling not enough or feeling like you lack contentment. And yeah, so just make a list, talk about it every day of like praying and saying, thank you, God, for, you know, clothes that are clean, but never put away. Right. But (laughs) um, (laughs) thank you for this house. I mean, thank you for a car that works. And even though it's, you know, it's, it's, it's ugly and old and has many dents because my kids, you know, destroyed it, but you know, it gets me from here and there. And just being thankful for some of these things that we, again, probably take for granted so much. I'm included in that. I take things for granted so much, but then I have to continue to go back and say, no, thank you, Lord, because these are all gifts. These are Mm -hmm. all gifts. 
you've given me. And people live on a lot less, you guys, <laughs> all around the world, people live on a whole lot less. And yet I see so much more contentment out of some of these people too. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And more is not always better. Even more to your calendar, like adding more to your life of thinking like, oh, but I need to take my kids to karate and soccer and all that. That may not be the best thing either. You know, more may not be better. More make maybe may feel make you feel less and and like you don't have enough time, right? Open space in your day for more time. I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of people think I just don't have time. Well, you are control. You're in control of your life. I mean, yes, God is in control, but you are in control of so much of what you put in your life. And so, if it's not working, if you're feeling stressed, you're feeling overwhelmed, take action to lessen that load, you know? And this is something I'm, um, I've done in many ways and even we keep doing, and I try to keep as much open space in my calendar as I need to. And as I can, because there's always going to be an unexpected, right? You know, those unexpected things that don't like, for example, getting sick, although I didn't really plan on getting sick for like <laughs> an entire week, but yeah. um, so I am now behind, but you know, just realizing that there are certain things and parameters in your schedule that to make more time is really you choosing to make certain decisions. Some of them are going to be hard. A lot of them are like, but they're two really good things, but maybe you're not, you know, able to do both. And it's okay to admit that of like, I can't do these both things and still be in a way where I'm thriving. You know, I feel like I'm just in survival mode. So assess your days and really see what can you do to make some shifts and, and then dwell on the things that you're really thankful for. And that really helps to overcome the feelings of not enough. Yeah, you know, and I think this is a perfect segue to the next question about comparison, because I think when we compare, that's sometimes when we don't feel like we're enough. So you talk about this often when you speak about the Pinterest perfect mom comparison trap and how we are constantly bombarded with social media images and can end up feeling like we never measure up or even that we are better than someone else. So how do we not look up in jealousy and not look down in pride? Um, yeah, going back to guarding what you ha- bring in to your life. So when you're scrolling on Instagram, if there's certain people, like I've even deleted some of my friends, <laughs> I feel bad saying that, but, um, but deleted some of my friends because they'll be, again, it's just my own insecurities, but they'll post something like a picture of them in a bathing suit and looking so cute and fine, whatever. And for some reason, that one person is just, it triggers my insecurities, right? Yeah. Or whatever they're writing about of like, it can be even other authors. I've, I've looked at other authors and I've had to actually delete some of them that I, I, I actually really love. And yet I've, I've had to delete following them because it's for some reason, the enemy is trying to use them against me. Yeah. It's not them. It's just, it's me. It's, it's, it's my own heart and my own insecurities and jealousy. And so guarding it. And um, same thing with, as a mom, you know, I've, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the traditional mom. You know, I, I work at home. Um, I love my work. I, uh, I'm not crafty. I don't love crafts that stresses me out. And, um, I don't like doing a lot of things like baking and cooking. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm not the maybe traditional mom that some people would think of. And for a while, that was an insecurity of mine of, you know, I'd I'd compare myself to other moms and think, gosh, like, I just, I'm not like that, you know, and I wish I was. And, or I'd try to then mimic myself to be that person. And it was, never a good thing. You know, I'd always burn the brownies or whatever. <laughs> but um, <laughs> And it was just like, oh, and finally, one day it dawned on me. And it's like, God said, you don't have to be all those other kinds of moms. I've created you to be this kind of mom. And you need to embrace that. And maybe you're thinking even like, I don't know what kind of mom I'm supposed to be. Well, that's, that goes back to, again, the self-reflection, you know, really reflecting on what are the characteristics and gifts that God's given you. So for me, for example, I've seen how much I um, God's given me kind of a gift of what I would say exhortation or, or just speaking truth and encouragement and life into other people and being that kind of coach for personality and mentality. It comes really natural to me. And now I'm starting to see how much God's using that in my life with my kids. You know, I'm, I have um, started to see how important it is to speak identity over my kids and how easy that is for me to be like, hey, you know, did you know that you're a man of God, you know, to my sons and or did you know you're a woman of God? What do women of God do? They, they are loving. They are kind. And remember, remember that you're a woman of God. You're a man of God. And just speaking that identity and truth, kind of coaching them <laughs> in some of these personal spiritual growth types of things. And, 
and that's um that's been me and or just realizing I really love to go just outside with my kids and and they love to be outside and play and so I'd rather do that or find adventures to go on with them you know it's it's uh, finding those things that are easier for you and make up the kind of person that you are the kind of characteristics and gifts that God's given you and let that infiltrate into all those aspects of your life and not compare yourself to somebody that you're really not meant to be so but yeah you have to guard it you have to guard your heart in those things and take um kind of boundaries to putting those things into your life so that you don't uh keep getting caught in those triggers and areas of of comparison in your life yeah it's like the unrealistic expectations or these standards that we feel like we're supposed to live up to it's like who even set those standards I don't know yeah exactly (laughs) you know as long as you're loving your kids and you love God, like, that's all that matters. Like, as long as you feed them and they know, you know, like <laughs> right. just feed them, even though they want to eat like 20,000 times a day, just feed them, you know, and give them a few minutes of your time. I mean, we don't, we, I think we, we think we have to do so much more and really it's the simpler things of just being present, you know, with them yeah. and just loving them simply. Right. I mean, it goes a long way. Yeah. Really. You have something called the Purpose Manifesto for Women Feeling Lost, Lifeless, and Lacking. What advice would you give to women who, um, on how, how they want to discover their own unique purpose? Yeah, that's a, that's a free download I have. I'm actually going to be updating it soon again um, to kind of make it even more encompass uh, some of these things. But uh, yeah, so that's a free download on my website. You can go to rachelcswanson.com and and find it there, but um, it's it helps again unpack this whole concept of purpose and what our purpose really is. And you know that that word's been thrown a lot around a lot these days, and I think there's been some confusion to it. Uh, I think we attach our purpose to things like like our role as a mom. Yeah. Um, that's actually not our purpose. Um, our purpose to be a mom that's not a purpose. That's a that's a calling, and we can have more than one calling. I think sometimes we think that we can only have one calling and no, I'm called to be a mom. I'm called to be a wife. I'm called to be a daughter. I'm called to be a writer. I'm called to be a friend. I'm, I'm called to be a neighbor. You know, so many things I'm called to. And yet my purpose is not in that because if you put your purpose in something that can be taken away, like you're calling to be a writer, you know, or calling to be some other, you know, occupational thing, even you're calling to be a mom, like God forbid, you know, you lose your children. I don't know. Or maybe you never become a mom. Right. And like people think they failed their purpose as a woman because they're not married or they don't have kids. And that's not your purpose. You know, your purpose is as being a daughter of God and fulfilling his purpose through the gifts and talents that he's given you. So I also unpack in there your unique purpose. You know, your unique purpose is the unique characteristics and gifts that God's given you. Cause although we have an overarching purpose as daughters of the King, we also have these, this unique purpose, like this unique element that makes us, 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 you know, makes you, you. And what are those unique characteristics and gifts God's given you to fulfill in the world? And so exploring those things, understanding how to explore those, um, it's kind of in that book and asking certain questions and, and then giving some different scenarios and examples of ways that you might be able to apply that in your own life. Yeah, that's a struggle. I think if everyone is honest, that's like the heart of every struggle for me personally. So that's something that I go after this interview, I'm going to go download because I can see, yes. um, you know, it just it helps make make life. I think it, it makes life make sense. I think when once you're clear on that, it really does. And there's and there's so many um, parallels to scripture of, of what this points to, you know, of just understanding it. and really a lot of it is um Oh gosh, now I'm blanking. Is it second Corinthians or first Corinthians talks about, um, just breaking down all the different gifts that we've been given and, um, applications of like, you know, the hand is a hand, not an eye and how we all work together as a body of Christ and that we need to understand who we are. You know, if we don't understand that we're a hand, but we're trying to be an eye, you're going to have some problems. You know, you're going to have <laughs> yeah. problems with trying to feel fulfilled and working together in the body of Christ. You know, it's, it's like, if, yeah, if you're, if you're a hand and you're trying to be an eye, that's like, you're going to be doing, you're going to be guiding people the wrong way. You're going to be bumping into things because you can't see, right? You're really a hand. And, um, and so it's just understanding who we are, who we've been created to be, and then um, staying in that lane, you know, staying in the lane that God's created you. And, and, and that way he is more 
glorified as well as you're more deeply fulfilled yeah. in all aspects and all roles of your life. You can be much more deeply fulfilled than, you know, you would be if you didn't understand those things. Yeah, that's good. Well, you call yourself a inspired mompreneur. So how do we pursue our passion and purpose without sacrificing our family? This is really a struggle for me personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have also a free ebook on that too of, of many women, um, other faith-driven women who compiled to that of all these different types of scenarios they find themselves in of just different um, work-related scenarios, right? Of fulfilling and kind of utilizing some of their gifts outside of motherhood and knowing that you can still be um, a woman of God and, and work. And when you go to Proverbs 31, I think there's a lot of people that have forgotten that the Proverbs 31 women, uh, she actually worked too. Yeah, you yeah. know, her husband, um, he, yeah, he provided for her, but she, you know, she tilled and found a field and bought it and saw that, you know, it was good. She, she worked with her hands and, and made clothing and, you know, fine, fine linen and, and things that we didn't probably, we always skip over. Right. And yet God called, I mean, his, her husband called him her blessed and her children loved her and looked up to her. And so it's this, this idea of like, you can still be excelling and, and using your gifts outside of your family and still, and not sacrifice family at the same time. And there is a balance, you know, there, um, and that it's not a perfect balance. Right. And, and for every person it's different. And so you have to really, uh, again, get real with God and, and really seek time and quiet and stillness and prayer and, and assess like what makes me feel like I'm thriving, like where I can both give enough of my time to my family and enough time to my work. And so like in this season, I actually, um, I I'm one of those, I, many people may not know, but I, I could be a workaholic. Like I love, I love my work. You know, I love my work so much. I could, I probably would err a lot of times on uh, doing that instead of spending time with family. And because of that, I've had to really be cautious um, of how much time I invest into my work. And, and actually, I wish I could in some ways work more. But yeah, I think God purposed me for this time and season where he's like, no, 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 like, you're only going to have these amount of hours. And that's all you can manage. And that's all you can give because you know, your family over here needs you over here. And realizing that both are really good work to be able to do and be a part of. And I do need to have a somewhat of a balance in my own life to know that um, if, if, if my family's not thriving, then what's the purpose? Like what's, what, what matters like anymore, you know, like you got to make sure that your family is thriving. And if it's not, then maybe you do need to pull back. Um, it's hard, right? Like I'm constantly every single season or every single month, I'm even asking God, like, God, is, am I where you want me? Yeah. Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? and assessing whether or not my family is in a good spot and healthy spot. And if I need to pull back or if you need to press in. And there are some seasons where God's told me to like, you need to press in. I know it's hard because you're sacrificing a lot of time away from family, but trust me, I will take care of them. And he has, you know, he's taken care of them. And it's been really amazing to see how he's pulled through in those difficult kind of hard seasons where I've had to take more time away from family. But, um, but yeah, to, to think that you can't do both and, and still thrive and succeed is, is really a lie, you know, and I think you can, and, um, and we should be able to do that. Yeah. Well, as we close, I always ask my guests the same question because this podcast is about celebrating and catalyzing extraordinary givers. So Rachel, who has been the extraordinary giver in your life? Gosh, so many people, but you know, it's going to sound funny, but my own husband, <laughs> he has just been so generous to me and to us. And I mean, just for even him giving me this ability and time and space to pursue some of my creative passions and really praising me for giving of my time and seeing that I'm, you know, doing where I'm really in the lane that I should be. Um, and just even his generous heart and spirit for others. I mean, he is so generous to other people and it gives me that desire and spirit to also want to be generous as well. So it's just been a really good um, relationship to have in my life. I mean, I know I'm kind of stuck with him because he's my husband, but <laughs> it's nice. It's nice that he is so generous and I've learned so much from that. It's made my own heart grow in generosity so much more over the years to where we really just love um, giving. We do. We love the act of giving and being generous. And and um, yeah, so that's, that's really been a person of extraordinary um, gift giving in, in my own life. 
how can listeners keep in contact with you and, and get some of your resources that we've talked about today? Right. Yeah. RachelCSwanson.com is my website. I mean, you pretty much can find everything there. So you go there and you can check out my resources link, which has um, a bunch of my free downloads and things like that. And, and then of course I love being on Instagram. And so that's RachelCSwanson.com. That's probably my favorite spot, but yeah, yeah. Find me there and I'd love to connect. I'm very intentional about trying to get back to everybody within, um, as much as I can with my time and, and things like that. But I eventually do get back to people. Like it may not, it may sometimes take a few days because my family comes first. Right. That's but right. I eventually like to connect and really be engaging with people there. Yeah. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for being my guest today and for inspiring us all to revive, refine, restore, and release and have courage. That's what the, one of my biggest takeaways. I'm like, man, if I could have the courage that you have just to just go with whatever God's got <laughs> in store, that that's step number one. So um, you, you, I appreciate your time today and I uh, can't wait for listeners to hear. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. The Love Offering was created to inspire us to intentionally seek ways to share God's love with a world often marked by the opposite. God gives us His love so freely. He simply asks that we believe in Him and that we share His love with others. The hope of the Love Offering is that it starts a chain reaction of loving service that points people to Him. It is a pure-hearted, servant-minded approach to living. So where does God have you? Who has He surrounded you with? What stirs your heart? Start there. No act is too big or too small. Let's spur one another on as we share God's love in tangible ways and change the world one love offering at a time.